Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Daigle Bites ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Daigle Bites podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Daigle. I'm a singer that hails from the deep swamps of Louisiana. I ventured my way up to Nashville to take the risk of jumping in on the pipe dream of singing on stages other than the ones I grew up seeing. Along this journey, I wrote a song called You Say, and what came next absolutely changed my life. I found myself in tour buses, singing on stages all over the world, and every single night I would get asked the question, what would Lauren Daigle be doing if she hadn't pursued music? Well, this season of Daigle Bites is answering just that, and I'm bringing you along with me on this adventure. I'm inviting new friends that I've just met and old friends that I've known for a long time to come and explore what it is like to pursue their passions. I know that they've inspired me, and I'm sure that they will probably do the exact same thing for you. So my absolute hope is that as you're sitting and you're listening, you then too can be inspired. You then too can ask the question, what is it that I would love to do with my life? And maybe along the way, you'll find steps to making that happen. So pull up a seat. Join us in the conversation. You have a place here. This is the Dago Bites podcast on Amazon Music. Welcome back to the Dago Bites podcast. Today's guest is none other than Maddie Bush, owner and founder of Amelia's Flower Trucks here in Nashville, Tennessee. In just five years, Amelia's Flower Truck has come to include three of the cutest Volkswagen trucks you've ever seen, as well as two storefronts in the Nashville area. I remember exactly where I was the first time I encountered a bouquet of flowers from Amelia's Flower Truck. I remember the sentiment. I remember the wonder. I remember the exploration of building a bouquet and what that brought to the experience of bringing flowers home. I'm so excited for you to hear from Maddie Bush today. She's going to share some beautiful stories about some of the most beautiful arrangements that she's made for customers and why they meant something sentimental to her, as well as how to support those around her. I love that her entrepreneurial spirit was something that she took to heart and actually put action behind the things that she cared about. Through her ability to dream big, follow through, and empower those around her, Maddie has given Nashville by far its prettiest gift. Please welcome our next guest, Maddie Bush. All right, everybody listening in, today I am welcoming my friend Maddie with Amelia's Flower Truck. Maddie, you want to just give me the basics of what Amelia's Flower Truck is and how you got started? Yeah, so Amelia's Flower Truck is a Nashville flower company. I started in 2016 with one 1962 Volkswagen Transporter. We started selling flowers just in the streets of Nashville. It's a build-your-own-bouquet concept, so everything's sold by the stem, and people can pick and choose exactly what they want and make something unique every time. And since then, we've grown into three trucks, two storefronts, and now we're shipping nationally. Okay, so I was was reading earlier where it said that you, within the first year of business, you bought the first truck, it exploded, not actually blew up everybody, (laughs) the business took off. So you had to buy a second one, that Mm -hmm. one took off, and then you had to buy a third one all within the first year. Is that correct? Yeah, so these trucks are super rare, and I found the first one in California. And so then it kind of became my dad's hobby to search the internet for more. And so 
the second one, I was like, I think this is working. We should just get a, another truck. And he was like, actually, there's one in Jackson that you can go look at. <laughs> and then the third one, he was like, I found one in Texas. I'm going to get it. And you just buy it from me when you need it. And I was like, I think I need it. So wow. I just went ahead and got it Okay, all within the first year. So your dad, was he pretty involved in the process? Was he like the one that would dream alongside of you? Yeah. So I called him when I had this idea and I was like, I think I'm going to sell flowers out of a truck. And he was the one that sent me a photo of a Volkswagen transporter. And he was like, I think this would be the perfect truck. Wow. And he designed the rack system and all that stuff. So he's very involved. Was your dad an entrepreneur by heart? Did he kind of already have a background with that? How did he kind Uh, of have the foresight as well? I would say he's an entrepreneur in a sense. He's definitely got the mindset, but I think he's just a dreamer and likes to dream. I love that so much. I was just looking along and saw how fast everything exploded. I saw how your dad was involved. I feel really connected to that story because my dad was always someone who, if I had a question like, dad, what about this contractor? What about this, you know, uncertainty? He was kind of the one I could run to and say, just gives me like perspective that I may not be aware of. I I was 21 yeah. when I got into the business. I saw that you started your own business at 24. And there's something about that youth. I was like, guns blazing, let's go. I, I <laughs> loved the adrenaline of it all. I loved the exhilaration of it all. And I feel like my dad was kind of that safe landing. Mm-hmm. He was the one that yeah. would keep everything in check, but he was also the one that had ideas for days and mm-hmm. would keep me looking forward as well. So I I love, yeah. I can see some of the similar nuances between the relationship sure. you have with your dad. What was fast success like for you? Well, I mean, even just in the first day, I didn't advertise or announce that we were opening at all. I called White Smercantile and was like, hey, could I park here? <laughs> and um, they were like, yeah, sure. And so the first day I like was like, if we make this much, this would be really cool. And we exceeded that by three times. Whoa. And it was just wild. And people like thought we had been open for a while. And I was like, actually, this is the first time I'm making a bouquet. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was I don't know. It was kind of, it moved so fast that I didn't really have time to think about it. Mm -hmm. And then I also had a lot of complexes with like what success is. And I'm like, well, we're not successful profit wise, but we're successful popularity wise. So what is success? And I don't know. So it's been a process for me personally. (laughs) How do you define it now? How do you define success now? I'm supporting myself and 13 other employees. So I think that's pretty successful. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I've challenged myself with the same thing. Like, Mm -hmm. does success really mean a number one song or Mm -hmm. does it mean a solid tour or does it actually just mean that everybody on tour is having a really good time? (laughs) You know, it's like totally success can actually last as well. And I feel like sometimes changing the narrative of what success looks like actually gives you longevity in it. Anyway, that's fascinating though, that it went one year, first day. That's pretty, I mean, pretty spectacular to see that people didn't even know it was your first day and you tripled the amount of what you had expected. How did you learn how to kind of navigate inventory and 
How did you learn how to say, okay, well, this is our profit margin if we charge this amount? What were some of the basics that you kind of had to get under your belt? So I had a friend who is a florist in Charleston and I flew her in to help me go buy flowers because I had zero floral experience. And literally the first customer was like, can you help me build a bouquet? And I had like (laughs) panic in my eye and I was like, "Uh, yeah, sure. So the night before we sat down and I was like, okay, I think this is how much I would pay for a flower. And it's a pretty good margin. So that's what we're going to charge for it. And it was a very trial and error. Mm-hmm. And there is a certain margin for flowers in the industry, just from like Googling, I found out. And I was like, I don't know if that's going to work for me. That seems more event-based where you can have more margins. And I was like, this is retail. Like yeah. this needs to be accessible for everybody. So yeah, I kind of just figured it out on my own trial and error. I love that you had never made a bouquet (laughs) and people are coming up to you like, okay, so clearly this is your specialty. They weren't even considering the fact that, no, this is an entrepreneurial endeavor. It's not necessarily. What intrigued you about flowers? Why, why flowers? Why not something else? So I never really grew up with flowers around me because I'm was very allergic as a child. Same. Uh, yeah. Still. And still am. There's like <laughs> random flowers that I'll get hives on my arms. I'm yes. like, it's fine. But my sister loves flowers and she is a full-time mom, but loves to get flowers at the grocery store and make her own arrangements. And I always felt so intimidated going into flower shops because it's such like a, I'm the florist, you're the customer. You like, I'll do this. You stay over there. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but my sister makes really beautiful arrangements. Like she should have a place where she feels comfortable saying like, I know exactly what I want. I want to make it. And this is what we're doing. So I wanted to take away that like back of house feeling in a flower shop. And yeah, so I'd say my sister inspired the thoughts of flowers. And then I was like at the grocery store noticing like all these women having flowers in their carts. And then I started really like looking into it. I read this book called Flower Confidential and I was like, flowers are always going to be relevant. They're always going to be used for celebrations, for condolences. And so it just seemed like a pretty steady market to get into. Wow. That's amazing. Did you feel risk involved or did you kind of not even assume risk you just went for? <laughs> yeah, I think I just went for it. Mm-hmm. My dad was terrified. He says in hindsight, he was like, that night before you open, I was so scared yeah. that it was going to fail. And I was like, well, thank you for not telling me that um, at the time. <laughs> but that never crossed my mind. I went full time immediately. Yeah. And so I kind of just was like, well, this is how I'm going to make a living now and have been doing it since. Because wow. a lot of people start off part time with this kind of stuff. But I was like, nope, I'm just going to go for it. Oh, my gosh. Your headline needs to be Amelia's Flower Chuck the non-floral floral shop, <laughs> like I know, the non-florist <laughs> floral shop. Like that's amazing. Uh, yes, I own a flower shop and I'm not a florist. It's brilliant. Yeah, it is a weird, another complex that I've had to deal with because I don't consider myself a florist and I don't want to insult other florists who look at me and are like, you're not a florist. But I think that is part of the allure and mm-hmm. what makes it so comfortable for people to come in and be like, I know nothing. And I'm like, we didn't either. Mm-hmm. But look what we know now. Yes. And we can teach you. Yes. So I think it's beautiful that you weren't threatened by maybe something you weren't used to 
or maybe a skill set yeah. that you didn't have. You leaned so strong on the skill sets that you did have that you knew it was enough to overcompensate for maybe what you just hadn't known yet. And I think that's yeah. the beauty of learning. My gosh, mm-hmm. I I hope I'm 95 years old and I'm still learning, you know? Oh, yeah. My grandmother, she started, she became a master painter and she didn't start her first lesson until she was 60 years old. And she is Whoa, like- That's amazing. A master. It's, it is profound. And yeah. um, I look at those kind of moments and look at what has come to you. Look at how many people you've impacted. I mean, I'll never forget my very first time seeing Amelia's flower truck. I was outside of Edge Hill Cafe and y'all mm-hmm. were parked just right across the street. And I was walking around that area and I saw the, the truck and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the thing that keeps trending on my Instagram or so, there was something <laughs> that kept popping up on Instagram That's or amazing. somewhere. And I, or I saw a friend post it. And I remember thinking, I've got to find that wherever it is. And I thought it was like a flower truck that people went to. I didn't realize it was mobile. I thought that was your like brick and mortar storefront. Yeah, kind yeah. of storefront being a lot kitschy, of people do. You think, know? Yeah. We park in front of Imogen and Willie and people think we're a part of Imogen, Imogen and Willie. Willie. Yes. Yeah. And so I walked up and I will never forget the way it made me feel, which I think is really mm-hmm. interesting because of its quirky nature. It made me feel like I was a part of some sort of adventure. And so I walked yeah. up and I was like, oh my gosh, this is kind of cool. And I remember sort of being like your sister, like, oh, I know how to do arrangements because we used to pick flowers out of our garden all the time. And mm-hmm. we would make arrangements. Just my grandmother, same painter grandmother, is also a master gardener. And then she, my other grandfather, he was a lily gardener. So we grew up around flowers a lot. And I remember going outside and figuring out, okay, well, how long does this stem need to be in order for it to Mm -hmm. sit perfectly underneath the next one? And, you know, just really playing with stuff like that. Well, I walk up to Amelia's flower truck thinking I have some sort of experience with this, just growing up around flowers. I was so, I was like, the options, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. The options, I was like, I could make literally 15 different arrangements with these options. I'm going to need help. Like I'm going to need people to just like narrow my focus. Mm -hmm. And everybody was so kind and so helpful. And I didn't buy those flowers for anyone. I literally bought them because I wanted the experience of feeling creative. And it made me feel like I was a part of an adventure. I stepped into a different reality. It was almost like I experienced a pastime. And Mm -hmm. There was something so transformative about that. And I will never forget getting that brown paper with flowers in mm-hmm. and walking back to the place I was staying and felt like, wow, I just experienced what it would have been like to live in like the 1940s or something, yeah. you know? Well, that is, you're nailing it on the head. And that's so encouraging that that's getting across because we have like French music playing. Yes. And I'm like, I want people to feel like they're stepping back in time or they're stepping into Europe or the streets yes. of Paris and to have an experience, not just walk into Kroger and buy a bouquet. Yeah. I, well, I fully took that away. I didn't even know that was kind of your, your heart behind it. That was yeah. 100% what I left with. It was Good. profound. And that was... <laughs> That was probably, I mean, that was back in 2016. It was probably about five years ago. So to know that that one experience stood with me that long, it's pretty amazing. 
just kudos That's to awesome. you for what you've done. Yay. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So I also, I want to step back in time since we just talked about going back in time a little bit. Do you want to tell me about kind of what led you up to this point? I saw where you were in Paris and where you'd studied in Spain or lived in Spain for a time. You went to film school in Atlanta. What were some of the steps along the way that kind of built you for this business? So I'm also seven on the Enneagram. I knew it. And, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> um, and I think that, yeah, I had so many interests. And as a kid, I used to be so frustrated because I would see other kids that were like, I'm going to be a doctor mm-hmm. and I'm going to be this. And I was like, well, I want to be everything. I want to be a dolphin trainer. Yes. And whatever. Like I was just like <laughs> all over the place. But the thing that I loved was, and this is all like looking back, being like, was this always in me, was starting businesses. I like went door to door with my Beanie Babies as a kid and was selling Beanie Babies Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I had the hindsight to know that they weren't going to be worth anything. (laughs) Um, No. Then when I was in college, I started selling my parents' friends' stuff on Craigslist for a commission just so I could go to Greece that summer. And I was just always kind of hustling and I got a job at 15, not because I needed it, because I wanted to work. And then I had three jobs at once. Like I was always just doing things. And so I think like staying curious helped figure out what I wanted to do for the time being, at least. But the idea of like settling into one profession was terrifying because I was like, all right, I'm going to start a business and I'm never going to get to travel again. But Except for 2020, I've been able to go to Paris every year because wow. it's a priority. So yeah, I don't know. It. I think it was just this thing inside of me that always knew I was going to do something. And so when I was managing someone else's business and I found out I was good at it, I was like, okay, I will love this so much more if it's my business. Huh. And so that was kind of the why of wanting to start my own business. I just needed, needed to figure out what it was. I feel like and then Amelia's. Yeah. I feel like our stories are so parallel. I wanted to be everything when I grew up as well. I had five majors at LSU because I was like, oh I don't know what to do. So I studied oceanography for a period of time because I was like, oh, I want to be a marine biologist or swim with animals or same, mm-hmm. same sort of thing. Yeah. And when I was a kid, we had allowance, right? And mm-hmm. we'd clean the house and get five bucks or whatever. And my mom would always say, what do what do you want to do with this money? My sister, she was like Imelda. She was like, I want to just go buy shoes. She was like a child and that's what she wanted to do with her money. Yeah. (laughs) Me, I would tell my mom, I want to open a bank account. I remember telling her this at like six, six years old. And she was like, okay, why? And I said, cause I want to travel the world one day. And I would (laughs) same thing, start hustling. Mm -hmm. I would sell lemonade and I would clean other people's houses and I remember I started nannying for this family when I was 11 years old. Just anything to get to travel. Same thing. I started working at 15. My parents had to sign a form to say that, like, this isn't child labor. (laughs) And, like, uh, to approve me to work for this bakery making king cakes because I loved baking. It was just, Mm -hmm. it was so much fun to me. And so when I was 18 years old was the first time I ever went out of, the North American continent. I went to Brazil and it was from all of the money that I saved up from five years old. I spent it on That's that trip. And I love that you said staying curious, like being curious is what led you to entrepreneurship. 
and mm-hmm. finding your place with Amelia's flower truck. That's amazing. Have you found that now that you have an established business that you have to work harder to find curiosity still the way you did when you were a child that you have to work for curiosity? I don't think so. Cause I have a lot of friends who are in totally different professions in mine. And mm-hmm. so I am just curious about what they're doing. And so I'll pick their brains and just talk to them about like, well, how do you do this? Like what songwriting? Like, like, I don't know. Um, but I'm also still really curious within the floral industry yeah. because I am so new to it even still that there's so many different avenues that we can go down. And so I've always said, as soon as I get bored of this, I'll move on, but I haven't been bored yet. So I feel, I feel like every day I'm constantly like, okay, I want to start this business. Okay. I want to, right before I got on this call, I was like coming up with something else with my production manager. Just it, it never ends to, so to see Mm -hmm. that the floral world has kept you interested and kept you curious and kept that part of you alive. It's awesome. I don't think a lot of people understand what it's like to do something as their career that they're actually passionate about. Mm -hmm. That's such a luxury. It's such a gift to be a part of. So it's cool to see that play out in your life. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you feel like you've had to overcome? What were some of the challenges that, you know, those challenges that keep you in bed kind of tossing and turning at night? Like, Uh I haven't slept for two weeks because I'm just trying to sort this out. Like, what are some of those challenges and what did it feel like in those times? Well, making money was a challenge. Um, Winter was always hard for us because the trucks would close. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until the past two years when we've had the brick and mortars that we've been able to be open year round. And so, I mean, I just had so many restless nights of like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay people next week. And it always worked out. And I've had to reel that in because now that we're in a place where I don't have to worry about that, Mm -hmm. I'm still like in winter, I will get anxiety just from like the past winters. And I get like, oh my gosh, is this okay? Are we okay now? And we are, which is great. But yeah, I think just like figuring out that like the financial side of it was all new and like closing out the books and using that part of my brain that is exciting and fun for me. I really like the business side of it more so than like the flower side of it. But it was definitely a challenge to use that part of my brain because I was never book smart Mm -hmm. ever. Like I hated school so much. (laughs) I studied art in college because like I was like, I don't want to be stuck in a classroom reading a book. I at least want to be doing something. And so, yeah, I know that I have that ability now because I have put it into practice, but it was definitely hard to do. And my dad helped a lot because he is that business brain. Mm -hmm. He helped me. I know the language of Excel spreadsheets now, which I never thought I would know. And he taught me that. So that's a skill in of itself. How many unread emails do you have? Oh my gosh. (laughs) So many. I like 800, I think. Okay. That's (laughs) awesome. I think I'm at 62,000. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) My production manager's eyeballs just popped out of his head. And that is because I deleted one email account. It would have been over 200,000 now, but I, oh, yeah. I'm yeah, i asking that because <laughs> I've had to learn some 
just like basic, like how to respond to a text message. <laughs> yeah. How do how to stay on the ball? I was the same way. I was always like, I need to be doing something creative. I need to be doing something mm-hmm. inventive because as I do love business, like I love it. People who they say, how can you be a creative and a business person? Now, I'm not fully a business person for sure, but mm-hmm. I do actually love it. It's very intriguing, but it's because of the curiosity. Yeah. It's because of the interest. It's because it's like mowing the grass when you see like an answer immediately. Like there's some, mm-hmm. that gratification. Yeah. Gosh, I love that feeling. So Excel spreadsheets, I love it. I know. Well, and I'll get into my manager's work and I'll be like, hey, I'm not like trying, I'm not micromanaging you. You're doing a great job. I'm just bored with what I'm doing right now. <laughs> and I need to focus on something else. Yes. So I thought I'd jump onto the scheduling app and see what's going on there. <laughs> what does your day-to-day look like? What are some of the things that you, your routines? I, it's a lot of computer work, mm. strategy stuff. I really love the business development part of it. The national shipping has been our newest project. And yeah. so I've been focusing on that a lot. But I don't really have like a routine. And I think that's good for me because I think if I did, I'd get bored. So I just kind of do what needs to be done that day. And then I'll go to the shops, take photos. I manage our social media as well. So that's a lot of my day too. That is, that's fun. Getting to take Mm -hmm. pictures of flowers. I would love love that. That kind of pulls maybe some of your film background into the mix. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, I've got a reputation with my employees now that I went to the trek and one of them, I came back, I went into this whites or something and came back out and she had like fixed her hair and she was like, I heard that you take photos randomly. So I wanted to fix my hair and I was like, oh my gosh, cool. So yeah, now I have a reputation that I just randomly take photos of you guys. But yeah, that's a fun part of it too. I love, I just love that. I love the whimsy Mm -hmm. of it. It, That's exciting. I heard this story about the last minute bride customer. Uh huh. Can you tell our listeners that story? Or maybe there's more than one story. Maybe it's a select. I mean, I think, yeah, we have, I mean, I've driven up to the truck before and seen brides in their dresses picking out their bouquets. And so we've kind of, I've given our title like the last minute florist because it is like a drive by instinct of like, oh, I'll get flowers now. But yeah, we've had many brides come up on the day of their elopement or wedding to just build their bouquet. So we've actually started carrying like some ribbon on the truck. I don't know if we don't take my word for that, but we have done it in the past where we'll be like, great, we'll wrap this in ribbon for you. But yeah, it's really fun to see brides pick out their bouquets. And I'm like, we don't do weddings Mm -hmm. flowers because it's just so stressful, but we do do elopement bouquets because I love eloping brides. (laughs) They're so chill. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Who knows what kind of bride I'll be. I do not at all see myself being bridezilla, but I could maybe see myself being an elopement bride. (laughs) Just like, this seemed like a good idea today. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've already, I'm the youngest of three I recently told my mom, I was like, mom, when I get married, it's not going to be traditional. And she was like, it doesn't have to be. And I'm like, well, good, because you already got it out with the other two. And now I can just do whatever I want. I went to a wedding and it was so much fun. They threw it together in a month. And like there was a a moment when the bride was like cutting her dress at the knees because she couldn't dance well enough, like with her full gown. So she was like, put me on a chair. I I just got to cut this off. And then like at the very end of the night, everybody ran and jumped in the pool. It was so much fun. I love that. I love that so much. I know me too. I love that people are 
they're okay enough to say, I'm mm-hmm. going to come grab a bouquet as I'm about to walk down the aisle. When so many yeah. people, and there's nothing wrong with it, but when so many people spend so much time picking out the yeah. perfect arrangement. I love that. That's that's yeah. so fun. What's been one of the most moving stories that you've been a part of? Have you gotten an email or have you been told a story that just kind of made you think, wow, this is incredible that I get to be a part of something like this? Yeah. Oh gosh, there's so many. Well, and now that I'm not in the shops as much and on the truck, I'll ask my employees for stories. And we just got one where a little girl used her whole allowance. She saved her allowance to come build a bouquet at the truck. Oh, one of my favorite, actually. So I was working the truck and this boy came up and he was like, I'm going on a first date. And I was like, cool. And he was like, I want to make her a bouquet. And I was like, okay. So we made her one. And then he came a couple weeks later and he's like, we're going on a second date. And I was like, oh, so we made a bouquet. And then the third date, he brought her with him and she made the bouquet. And I was like, this is the cutest thing ever. I love that. I love that. He's a romantic. He was was like, I want to put some heart into this. For yeah. someone that was first date, that's amazing. I know. And then we had another guy who was like, can I use your work table to like get some perspective about what I'm picking out? And I was like, sure. So he like laid out all the flowers he had picked out. And he was like, I'm thinking I want this to be the focal like flower. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And he just like was spending so much time making this bouquet for his girlfriend. And that's also what people are knowing us for is that whatever bouquet is made at the truck or in the shops is going to be special Mm -hmm. to that person that's either receiving it or making it. And so, yeah, we've heard, I don't want to tell any of the sad stories because there are some really moving stories I've heard that have made me like cry at the truck, just of how the truck and our flowers remind them of someone that they've lost or someone that like loved going to the trucks. And yeah, we just get a lot of I mean, we had one whose like boyfriend had passed or something and she was from out of town and she was like, I just want to buy like a magnet or something that I can have to remind me of him. And because they did that together when they came to Nashville. Wow. And I was like, you can have whatever you want. Like like, sent her a whole package. (laughs) But yeah, it is sweet because it is an experience that Mm -hmm. people are having and remembering the feeling. Yeah, that's those kind of moments. That the fact that she didn't even live in Nashville and mm-hmm. now she has a memory of Nashville with your truck and with yeah. something that's so special and so dear. I live for those moments. When people say yeah. a song interacted with me in this moment, it like takes my breath away. It's the thing that mm-hmm. I realized, man, there's so much more to this than just fulfilling yeah. the dream. Totally. Okay, last last question for you. If someone was young. 19 year old or even a 50 year old, but they were a dreamer and they had the idea to jump into some entrepreneurial endeavor. What would be three steps or three stages of advice that you would give to them? Kind of sorting it out, getting started, some of the things that they should be on the lookout for. I think definitely figuring out like what your why is, is really important because if you're just doing it, to make money, it's not going to last long because you're going to lose interest or, you know, people can see your intent behind it and whatever you do. And so for me, I just knew I wanted to work in a joyful environment and do something that also brings people joy. And so that's, that was the why. And then 
the idea came after, which was the flower truck. And so because of that, I have had so much more passion in it. So I'd say that's maybe the first step. And then just continuing to like recenter yourself, because especially with like really fast growth, you can lose sight of what you're doing. And I mean, we did try to do weddings for a little while and it just made me so stressed out. And I was like, I don't like this anymore. And then I was like, wait, this isn't what I'm trying to do. This isn't bringing me joy. Why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. And so we stopped doing weddings. And so I think just recentering yourself throughout the whole process is important. And then, I don't know, scaling is hard and scary and sometimes doesn't work. And so I maybe would have been a little more cautious with like scaling so quickly. It all worked out great. And I feel really lucky and fortunate for that. But yeah, just surrounding yourself with really good mentors and people who care about you and care about what you're doing and can give you some good advice, especially for like, I am a lot, like I'm my only partner or whatever, or have been for a while. I just brought on two people recently, but for a while it was just me like making all the decisions. And so having my dad, as my soundboard was so good because he'd be like, I don't know if that's such a good idea. Or he'd be like, hey, what do you think about this? And I'd be like, that's a good way to think about it. But I think we're going to go this way instead. So, yeah, I don't know if that answered the question. No, that was a brilliant answer. I love your adaptability, your your ability to kind of ebb and flow. And when you try something and you don't like it, you can change it. You know, yeah, that's really amazing to see that you weren't you weren't like, no, 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 I'm going to force my way through this. You were like, yeah, no, it's not working. Let's re- readjust and keep moving. Well, forward. that's why when people are like, where do you want to be in 10 years? What do you want to have? Like, where do you want the company to be in five? I'm like, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I want it to still be going. But like, I don't know what that looks like. And I think that helps because I want to be open to opportunities because there might be something that comes up that's better than what mm-hmm. I imagined. And I don't want to be so dead set on one way that I totally disregard better opportunities. I love it. Maddie, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for sitting so nice with talking. me. I know. Maybe one day we'll meet in person. I can give you a big yeah. old hug. <laughs> I'll yeah, come stop by a shop. I'll come stop okay. by the brick and mortar. I haven't seen the brick and mortar yet. I've it seen the trucks. It is gorgeous. Okay. The one in the l market, it looks like a little mini Paris, yes. which is the dream. <laughs> yes. All right, Maddie, you want to tell people where they can find you? That's actually a great segue. Yes. We've got a shop in Nashville, Franklin, trucks roaming around, doing boxes now, shipping nationally. So ameliasflowerbox.com. You can order next day delivery. And we've got an Instagram at Amelia's Flower Truck. And yeah. Oh, TikTok too. We're on TikTok. Oh my gosh. I need to Amelia's Flower Truck. That's yeah, it's fun. I'm like, the TikTok generation has taken over by storm. And if I don't like at least poke my head in and see what's going on. I'm going to be left in the dust. (laughs) You will be obsessed. I'm obsessed. I think it's great. (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. Thank you for your time. Thank you for spending your afternoon. I appreciate it. Of course. All right. Yeah. Daigle Bites is an Amazon Music podcast hosted by me, Lauren Daigle, and produced by Elizabeth Evans Media Productions. Hey, I'm Lauren Daigle. For more interviews and thought-provoking conversations, and to listen to every episode, follow us here exclusively on Amazon Music.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Daigle Bites ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Once upon a beat. Remember those stories and fables that would capture your imagination and you couldn't wait to see how they would unfold? And now, when you read them as an adult, you think some of these old tales could use a fresh spin. We have a perfect podcast to bring you the stories you remember, remix, and reimagine for the kids in your life today. Join me, DJ Fuse, and my trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as we spin up new tales in the New Kids and Family podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Wondry and Tinkercast are bringing you a jam-packed, music-filled weekly party where hip-hop and fables meet. It's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or Wondry Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Once Upon a Beat.